Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Today, we're talking about the aftermath of the release last Thursday, it was, of the, uh, the census bureau re, uh, results the census so michelle jagai she was the census outreach coordinator during the 2020 uh data collection process she's the current public information officer for erie county michelle thanks so much for uh, coming back on the show really appreciate it thanks joel it's great to be back all righty so uh, again i know literally uh your efforts for the census were beyond you know, just a gig. You really put your heart and soul into that. Talk about uh, your role as kind of like the census coordinator for Erie County. I did. You're right. So for 18 months, every everything around me was, was census, really and truly. Um, I, mean, I mean, you still go to bed with the vest on, right? I mean, so, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it was it was actually really cute. So I have a, a nine year old son, and he probably knows more about the census process than than any child probably should at that age. So that. that was really great. Um, it was a great experience for him, but it was a great experience for me. And and it was you know every day going in, and and finding different ways to outreach to people, and um, really driving home the importance of everybody's participation in the census and what that means to our community. I'm thinking about April 1st, 2019, when it was like, quote, census day, right? And you had no idea the tsunami that was coming, which was COVID-19. And and literally, uh, you know, by December, January of 2020, that really started making an impact on the success factors for uh, for data gathering, not only in Erie County, but literally across the, the country. Right, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest takeaways as far as COVID-19 and um, the data collection that I can give is, I mean, it really kind of culminated all at the same time. The census went live the last week, or I'm, I'm sorry, right around St. Patrick's Day, so March 17th right as everything shut down. So we had a great event planned for the entire community, a free day at the zoo. Um, A lot of work went into that and cooperation from community partners. Um, And it was going to be a great opportunity for people to come out and complete their census. And then everything shut down. So a lot of our face-to-face outreach was paused during that time. And we needed to find other ways to to reach out to people and and make them aware that the census was live and how they could respond. And that is is a key here because uh, what what percentage would you say were not, were people like me who I got the thing in the mail, I went to my computer, click, 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 and I was done. I was done a month or at least two weeks before April 1st of 2020. Right, right. And we did see a large response at first. Those people who are eager, the people that are going to quickly get things done and, you know, don't leave things laying around their kitchen table like I do sometimes where it might get lost. 
And we did see um, a, a fast response initially. Um, I would say probably about a fourth of the people responded immediately and within those first couple of weeks as the um, census documents went out and hit their mailbox. Um, and the, the real struggle came as time went on. And we were fortunate that the Census Bureau did extend the deadline for response. But um, if you remember, that was kind of a moving target. They gave us extra time and then sometimes that got moved backwards again and we would be working with less time. Um, and ultimately the, the end date came as a surprise to us. So that was also a struggle having this moving target for, for outreach and response. Um, in the end, we had a self-response rate of about 73%. In Erie County, um, the Census Bureau gathered the remaining people via other methods of data collection. And at the end did say that we were 99.9% .9 counted in Erie County. What are the other ways that they get that data? So from what I know, and I, I do think this is something that will continue to be released and discussed, especially among municipal leaders, but a lot of that data comes from records such as death records, birth records, um, any records they have of people moving, vacancies, all that data they collect. One of them, anecdotally, and I, I did hear of quite a few people in Erie County reporting this to me during that time, is they would ask neighbors. Um, so if they tried knocking on your door three times and nobody answered, they might ask your neighbor how many people lived in that house. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that may not be accurate. We don't always know our neighbors as well as we think we do. We might not know that somebody is staying with them on a temporary basis, and that's where they should be counted. So those, those estimated numbers that filled in that gap may not be as accurate as a self-response number. All right. I just want to make sure that I understand this again because – uh, you know me, I, I really want to understand the data. So you're saying that 73% uh, was captured via self, uh, you know, self uh, pre presentation and canvassing and then the, or is, or was there another level of canvassing that went on to get to that 99.9% number? That's actually a good question. I do think, and I apologize for that, um, no, for clarification, fine. the 73% the was self-response. So those are people that either responded via internet, um, the paper document sent back in via mail, or via telephone. Okay. So those would not include the door-to-door canvassing. The door. so, yeah. so they literally, like they've always done since the 1700s, they went door-to-door -to -door to, and, and, and try to check people off, right? And, yes. and fill in those gaps. Okay. And then the people that did not respond, they were they were just kind of trying to find out from other folks. Um, right. I do have to ask you about, uh, again, as we talk about the count, I have to ask you about these people that live in group situations. So whether they were in prison, at school, at campgrounds or hotels – there seemed to be a lot of confusion about that, and I even asked you myself back last spring, what do I do with my daughter who should be at Slippery Rock at this moment, 
encountered by her dorm manager or the head of res life, right? But she was at home because of COVID. Right. So that really became tricky because of COVID. Because again, those college students were sent home right before that April 1st count. Um, students who lived in the dorm, we were assured by the U.S. Census Bureau, would be would be counted. They would um, do a report from from the college campuses. So they they have assured us that they counted those people accurately. But I, I but do, at Beaver County, right? At the, right. So where because they our kids would it. be counted. Yeah, you know, our Gannon kids from from Beaver would be counted up here in Erie County. In, Right, right. So where you should have been living college dorm wise on April 1st, even if you had to move back home early during the pandemic. Gotcha, gotcha. Is how those people should have been counted. Again, I, I do have to worry that that with all the movement happening around that time, people potentially could have been double counted, counted in two spots. That's what I would think is that the double count is more likely than the non-count. For college students. For college um, students. Right. And I, and I do think that is an area of concern, making sure that those students were counted in the right place. What about uh, people that are incarcerated, people in long-term care facilities? How uh, Did that go a little bit better than the, maybe the college students? Generally, yes, because they're not as mobile of a population. So usually those counts are pretty easy because it's just the facility submitting documentation to the Census Bureau. And there's pretty simplified process for that. And as far as canvassing goes in COVID-19, um, do you think that it was a significant barrier? I mean, this is what the mayor has been quoted as, and we'll talk to him on Friday about it, but uh, he's saying, heck, there were whole neighborhoods that weren't counted. As the county uh, coordinator, what's your take on all that? Well, and again, the, so the canvassers are U.S. Census Bureau employees, which was a little bit different than my role. So I don't have a direct um, purview into what that looked like, though I did work closely with them. And I think the biggest struggle that the canvassers had were was the delay in being able to get door to door okay so um, they were actually blocked from even doing their job until right. things kind of loosened up a little bit covid wise yes yes mm. so during the shutdown they were unable to go door to door so that whole process of canvassing was delayed in addition to that there's concern that people weren't coming to their door during a pandemic you know they don't necessarily want to come close contact with a different person that's not from their household when a transmission when a disease is being spread throughout our county cool cool uh, I, I I get that and uh, and and the thing that the, is the unfortunate thing for Erie as our numbers are ten, are going down and we'll, and we'll talk about the results here in a, in a bit but as our numbers go down um, so you know they every other community faced the same issue of people being wary of a canvasser. Um, and so it, it's kind of apples and apples. And so in, in that regard, it's not, not like 
we had extra COVID that people were worried about, right? Right, right. That is true. All Mm -hmm. right. They want to know what the appeal process is. They say, and again, this is uh, Dean Pepicello from Harbor Creek, that Harbor Creek lost 600 people, and it it may have been because they didn't count Barron students, uh, but hearing they did count them uh, makes me question their numbers. How does the appeal process work? Do you have any data on how that might work for the townships? I don't have specific information about how to handle an appeal, um, but it would be imperative for any municipal leader who questions the data to connect with the U.S. Census Bureau directly and and figure out what the next step would be. What is, what is their command and control situation like? Do they have um, do they have specialists for municipalities? I, I'm sure they don't want. Joe Schmo and Natalie calling them and questioning their numbers, but certainly, if you're a public official, there there's got to be some kind of uh, some kind of a lane that they can go through. Right. So, um, I mean, they they do have contact information on their website. Okay. Um, depending on what your question is about, um, you know, there there's always Census Bureau workers because they are doing hundreds of surveys. You know, more than just this decennial census survey. Um, so there's there's always somebody available to answer questions. We don't have um, a specific local representative. You know, we did not have a local office during the decennial census. So it, it probably is a matter of making a phone call and being put on hold and probably pressing a couple buttons along the way to get to the right entity. Is that different for Erie in the 2020 census? Did we used to have local offices in 2010 and 2000? So my understanding is yes. In the past, we had always had a local office, Mm -hmm. but because of our population decline, we essentially didn't qualify to have a local office during the 2020 census, which is unfortunate. It's a loss of of potential jobs um, in our community. Um, for that office. I mean, they um, still hired a lot of canvassers from Erie yeah. County, right? Um, yes. But uh, yeah, and again, in, you're do, trying to trying to get this count during COVID, and so you had people that were maybe not even willing to canvass because True. they were getting 600 bucks a week from unemployment. And, you know, I mean, that was always a good job if you were looking for a gig is to become yeah. a census uh, bureau taker. Um, so... So all right, so basically, we probably were the most intentional that I can remember in my fifty plus years of existence here, as far as getting the count. Yet we probably, at least, uh, well, both for the city and the county, had uh, the most undesirable results from that insofar as that uh, officially what I'm seeing here is that the county was down 3.45 percent over the 10-year situation and the city was down 6.83 percent. Were these numbers expected do you think Michelle? Some of these numbers were expected. The, The population decline has been known because of the rolling estimates coming in through the American Community Survey. So we did have a population estimate for both the city and the county for 2019. 
So I kind of like to compare the 2020 numbers to that number. And actually for the county, we saw that our 2020 population count was higher than that 2019 estimate, which is good news. Now we'll be working with a little bit higher of a number. So we are ensuring that more people are getting their fair share of resources. That's why, you know, it's so essential to have that accurate count. And again, just just to let people know, we they had estimated us on July first of twenty nineteen at two sixty nine seven twenty eight, and the, the census count was two seventy eight uh, seventy six for Erie County. Go ahead. Right, right. So I feel that that is good news. We captured an additional thousand people to what our previous year's estimates were. So while we did see a decline over the course of ten years, um. You know, I, I feel a little bit more confident that um, we, we're capturing accurate numbers. Unfortunately, the city went the other way. We were estimating 95,508, and the number came out at 94,831, down from 101,786, which is a 6.83% drop. And that, uh, and again, we'll talk to the mayor on Friday, but that to me as an Erieite is very disheartening. Yeah, as a fellow Erieite, um, I, there's definitely concern with that, um, especially because we know that at the point of 100,000 people were eligible for some different funding to be coming through our community. Um, that said, I mean, we're, we're about 5,000 people away from that, um, which is a significant number. So it, it's definitely worth looking at to ensure that an accurate count happened for the city of Erie. And I think that will be an important move going forward. Do you think uh, when you consider that the mayor is planning on appealing much, like probably many of the municipalities will appeal. First off, do you have any sense that the county will appeal or no? I don't have any sense of that, but we're still analyzing numbers. I mean, the, the data we have is um, very, very new to us. We've, mm. we've been able to look at it for less than a week. Um, and we don't have all the numbers yet to compare it to what municipal leaders might know about vacancies and um, different populations moving around the county. So I think going forward, it'll be really important to compare those numbers and compare um, that with the methods that the Census Bureau may have used to collect people who didn't self-respond or respond to enumerators. Okay. Um, so, uh, so there could be some appeals. It could be some adjustments to the numbers, but the likelihood of getting um, a 94,831 up to 100,000 is highly unlikely. Um, you know, for the mayor to be able to make that uh, that argument. I've got 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can't really speak on that. I, um, yeah. I can speak. We definitely worked very hard in the city of Erie. You're right. I think the methods of outreach were diversified in the city of Erie, and it was um, definitely the, the biggest um, effort that has been pushed forth in Erie County for in, and the city of Erie for any census to date. About a month ago, we found out that Pennsylvania was going to be losing a congressional seat 
and uh, and you know who's gaining is you know the south, the southeast and the south is gaining seats, but we're losing seats. New York's losing seats. I think even California lost a seat, but uh, uh, we're you know we've got redistricting that is going to be going on, and uh, unfortunately we're seeing decreases in our county and in our city, uh, but uh, our peer cities are seeing increases at least when it comes to uh the the southeast part of the state michelle jagai is with us she's the public information officer for erie county and the census outreach coordinator uh throughout the 2020 data collection process this was her job for about 18 months michelle if you're okay with it i'd like to just kind of dance around with some numbers with you and and just have you comment on things and first off let's talk about pa as a whole um, my numbers are showing that we're up to 13 million. So we had a 300,000 person increase, which is 2.36 percent. Yet we're losing a congressional seat. Uh, the the South is really growing, isn't it? Right. So we had some growth in Pennsylvania, but we didn't grow as fast as we needed to to keep our representation. So essentially, it was you know taken from us and, and moved to another area that but did have that faster growth. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth in Texas. Um, and and that's really unfortunate for Pennsylvania because we lose that, that representation that, that's so important to ensure that our voices are heard. Absolutely. And it, it matters when you're talking about um like you say, whether whether it is our our opinions uh, in a representative uh, uh, democracy or the the idea of of the the kind of the needs the the contextual needs that we have, we just are going to have a weaker voice uh, on the national level, and it does matter too as far as Erie County losing um, losing population because as we redistrict the state house that means that uh, our legislators and our senators are actually having to take up more uh, geography right. because there's less density of of our folks and so uh, when we were talking to Dan Laughlin he said well they're not going to they're not going to extend my uh, district into Canada but it's probably means that I'm going to have more of Erie County Right, and and again, that that quiets our voice in that democratic process. Um, you know, the the larger that area that is covered by a representative, the the harder it is to have specific needs of communities heard. Let's talk about the county a second, because for the longest time, at, at least the county was growing, and and the narrative again, my whole life. Right. Because when I was born in 1962, uh, Erie City had reached its peak in 1960 of 140,000 individuals living in the city. And it was all out migration. But the narrative was, well, those people are just moving into the county. And you kind of saw that where you saw townships surrounding the city growing and and uh, the county um, population was kind of very, very small increments, but still growing. This is the first census, though, that we have gone and, and, and we are going uh, south 
on the other side to lose what is it, 3.45% of our population uh, over the last 10 years. Um, that's got to cause concern for, uh, for county officials. Right, absolutely. And I think those are going to be the difficult things to look at going forward. How can we grow our community? What are we doing now already that can be expended upon to entice people to stay and possibly move back to Erie County? And I think even the global pandemic is going to um, pose some interesting situations with that. You know, when we look at availability of um, remote work options, for instance, will will that help entice people to to stay or move back to Erie and give people that option? Because we all know, all of us who live here know, Erie County is a great place to live. It's a great place to raise a family. Everything is very accessible. There's a lot to do. Um, I know there's no place I'd rather be, but we need to convince young people, especially, um, and and have job availability and an upward mobility available to people. I think those are going to be the important things looking towards the future to um, help our community grow and and stabilize. Did you see any um, numbers? either on a township or borough level that showed um, maybe a, a, a hotter or more desirable spot within the county. I mean, I would have thought that Harbor Creek would be at least stable, if not growing. And uh, again, I, I'm hearing that they lost 600 people. Right. Um, so there, they had a population change of a decrease, but right around the Mill Creek Fairview area uh-huh. seems to be where we saw um, saw some increase. Are you looking at census tracks? Is that looking what at the census tracks? Okay. Yeah, so, so you're able to break this thing down below a zip code level, even by look by looking at census tracks. So you're saying that uh, that that like that close suburbs on the west side did find some growth, huh? did find some growth, right? So when you break it down a little further, there do seem to be some areas that are attracting people. Um, So that'll be worth looking at too, to know, I mean, were those people just, people moving within Erie County to a different area? Are we attracting outsiders? Because that's really where the potential growth is for us as a county. That's interesting. Uh, I'm looking at Mill Creek Township as a whole the estimate was uh, calling for a decrease, and it turns out that uh, the census was an increase by uh, less than 500 people in Mill Creek Township. And I wanted to look at Summit because, again, Summit likes to talk about how um, they're the they're like the cheapest uh, as far as taxes are concerned, and right. some and Summit did see an increase of uh, about, gosh, 700 people uh, in Summit. So there's some of those pockets there of where people want to live. I mean, these are not large. Well, Mill Creek's a large uh, municipality. For them to continue to be growing is, is a, a pretty interesting indicator. Um, so so, so there are there is still a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, 
uh, folks moving around. And, and again, um, uh, you know, I think it, you're going to – I think these are not the final numbers. I think you're going to have some uh, some strong um, – Strong appeals that are going out there, I would think, you know, especially for municipalities that are, that that uh, feel like they they just did not get a fair shake from the census. Right, and I do think that's wise of all municipal leaders to take a look at at their community's numbers and determine if that is something they should move forward with. Yes, um, I want to I want to switch gears here and talk about our peer cities. And I want to find out if, if you think like I am, again, I'm going to put the postulate out there. I feel that uh, on a 30,000-foot level that the census definitely favored large urban populations, large uh, metropolitan statistical areas versus uh, the smaller ones like ours. And so um, – we're seeing in Allentown, for example, which is part of Allentown City, which is now the third largest city in Pennsylvania, but it's part of a larger Lehigh Valley uh, MSA, Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton. Uh, Allentown saw an increase of 6.62% in its population. And anybody who knows that neck of the woods there knows that you may not be commuting into the city of New York. But you might be commuting to um, Hoboken or you might be commuting uh, commuting to Parsippany or any of those um, collar counties around New York and New Jersey. And so it's kind of like that leapfrog effect of people li- people left uh, Queens to live in Jersey. But now, the you know, you, if you're working in Jersey, you might move a- across the Delaware into PA. And so um, – does that make sense in a lot of ways that you're what you're seeing there when you look at the numbers? Right. So, I mean, there's definitely enticement to live in those communities where you can easily commute to maybe a higher paying job, easily live in an area that may not have as high of a cost of living and really kind of benefit from that. Um, so that definitely makes sense why we would see some growth in those communities that we're not seeing here in in Erie. Al, uh, Reading is the other one. Reading really outperformed in the in the 2020 census than even what the estimates were indicating. They saw an almost 8% increase, 7.9% from 88,082 to leapfrog over Erie to take fourth place in Pennsylvania's largest cities to 95112. And um, again, Reading is a very easy commute into Philly or one of the Philadelphia collar counties like uh, like Montgomery County or Chester or something like that. Right. And so, again, it seems like the metros are the winners with this census. Yes. And um, even when the Census Bureau released these numbers, they discussed that at length, that they across the board, across the country, saw growth and and those metropolitan type areas, whereas um, a community the size of Erie County um, really was on track with other communities of that size. So um, I I do think at large over the course of the last 10 years, we saw that, but maybe there's an opportunity to reverse some of that. 
um, with the lessons we kind of are coming out of the pandemic with with regards to remote work and opening up options for people to have high paying jobs, all different places in the country, but living in a community that's nice and accessible and friendly like Erie County is. I, I want to take you up on that because um, uh, I have a friend on Twitter who's like, why why are we concerned about this drop since it really doesn't matter where you live you can you can remote work all over the place um uh why is it important and does it actually mean uh you know it it doesn't actually mean that the lower population is necessarily a bad thing for Erie County right so that that's a good question um and i would say the most um the the first thing that's going to be impacted is, is where we see um funding that's based on levels and not being eligible for certain funding because of our population um, another concern isn't so much whether we um what our count is but is our count accurate and that goes into the fair distribution of resources and um, again, the, the pandemic really highlighted a lot of those instances. I saw it right away with vaccine distribution. If um, you know, part of the, the equation that was used to determine where those vaccines were going throughout the state involved knowing what the population over a certain age was, for instance. So we don't have an accurate count of our people over 65 we might not get a fair share of resources needed to keep our community safe and healthy. Um, so, so for those reasons, you know, yes, having the high count is important and also very important is an accurate count. It, it, it um, and I'm not one of these guys that likes to look back to the glory days, but uh, I, I do have to give you one data point that is shocking to me. And that is 90 years ago in the 1930 census, Erie City was the 69th largest city in the nation, larger than Miami, if you can believe that. And and, and um, you get this sense, especially for old timers, that all we have seen is decline and it just builds in a sense of defeatism. And then now that you've seen, okay, we're not just shuffling the chairs on the deck, but certainly a loss of almost 4% might mean a true decline in population. And, and population is a, a key indicator for economic strength and buying power and the strength of our, um, you know, you know, the, how wealthy we will be as a community if we can afford the amenities and the assets that we all know and love. I mean, can we afford a Philharmonic? Can we afford uh, the arts as we know them? Can we afford uh, uh, all of these assets? Um, it, it is, it is a, a, it, it's a tough time for us to see these numbers. At least that's my personal opinion. Yes, and I think comparing it especially to to that that past number, sure. I mean, we we are certainly at risk of losing a lot of the things that makes Erie such a great place to live, and we don't want to see that. So again, I think moving forward and looking at what our strengths are as a community and building on that, 
and and taking some of the lessons learned and hopefully we we can move things in the right direction yeah I, I, again we may we may be an amazing 95,000 person city in uh, 200 what well, was now 270 270,000 county but uh, it would it, it would be kind of cool to be saying you know we are growing because people want to live here and and raise their families here and uh, enter into an economic opportunity and 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 find you know find jobs find uh, this place um, you know, as a growing place and so um, we have our, our work cut out for us don't we Michelle. Right. And the job market's going to be essential to that. And I mean, that's where we saw that downward swing was there was a big shift in industry. We're, we're on a cusp where possibly we can see that again and use that to our advantage. Beautiful. I'm going to leave it there. Michelle, you've been so patient with me. Thank you so much. Michelle Jagai, she's the public informations officer for Erie County and served as the census outreach coordinator during the 2020 census. Thank you again so much for all of your efforts. And you'll still be digging into the numbers for months to come, right? Yes, probably for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.